Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. This sermon is number four in a series on the seven signs in John's Gospel. As we think about who Jesus is and what it means for us, as it it challenges us to accept who Jesus really is and all its implications. The passage is John chapter 6 verses 1 to 15 and it will be read out although you might like to have a little look, uh, uh, get that up on your phone or uh, on a physical Bible, whichever you may find comfortable if you're able to do that just to follow along. I hope that you enjoy and I hope that this edifies you and helps build you up in your faith. Do please check out the Understand the Bible website on uh, understandthebible.uk. The link's all down in the description below. And do please remember to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, just so that you get these uh, every week. Thanks so much, everyone, and God bless. Well, there we go. We're going to have our Bible reading now. and We're going to look at John chapter 6, verses 1 to 15. So if you'd like to follow that in the, uh, in the church Bible, I'll tell you the page number in just a second. Uh, page 1069. Page 1069. So uh, we are working our way through during these first few few months of the year, first few weeks of the year, we're working our way through John's Gospel. And in particular, we are looking at the seven signs in John's Gospel. And uh, this is sign number four. And um, we're going to be thinking about this um, briefly after, after the reading. Um, but let's take a moment to, to read it first. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him, because they saw the signs he had performed by healing those who were ill. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Well, the seven signs, as we've been uh, seeing, as we've gone through, uh, gone through John's Gospel, are looking at who Jesus is and they're exploring who Jesus is uh, from different angles. So if you think about it as if you know, each sign sort of gives us a different, a different window, a different window into who Jesus is with each one. And each sign is a challenge for us to believe and to trust in him. So each sign is, is helping, is a sort of a message for us. Now, in John chapter 6, uh, two of the signs come together. So we're going to look at the first sign this week and then the next sign next week, as you can probably see in your Bible, the next week is Jesus walking on water. Um, and that, that there's a reason why they come together and we'll, we'll come on to that. But let's look into what this sign has to say to us first. So um, the, Jesus and the disciples, they cross over and they go to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there's a great crowd of people following them. And they're following them because it says they saw the signs he had performed by healing those who were ill. So you remember, um, as we've, we've looked at a couple of times over the last couple of signs, and that's what Jesus has, has done, isn't it? He's healed um, the, the um, paralyzed man and, um, and so on. And so the people, they see the signs and they follow him. And you might think, are the people really believing in, in Jesus at this point? Or are they just thinking that Jesus is someone who can, um, who can uh, do, do what they want? You know, who can do miracles? What, what, what are they thinking when they're following him? And... Um, that will, become, um, that will become apparent as we go through. Um, so Jesus goes up on a mountainside, he sits with his disciples, and it says the Passover festival was near. Now remember what happened at the Passover. You remember back at the first Passover, that this was the, it was uh, number 10 of the 10 plagues that God sent upon the Egyptians to, you know, the people of, of Israel were in slavery in Egypt. And God uh, sent Moses to say to Pharaoh, you let my people go. And he sent 10 plagues to, uh, to encourage the Egyptians to let them go. And Pharaoh kept resisting until the 10th plague, which was the death of the firstborn son. And on that night, um, God said to the people, I want you to, to kill a lamb and I want you to paint its blood over the doorframe of your house. And I want you to eat the lamb. And that will... Uh, the, the angel of death will pass over you. You will be safe by the blood of the lamb. And, um, uh, and that's what happened. That's what the Jews were to remember every year at the time of Passover. So this is, uh, I think, significant given what's, what Jesus is going to do. It's, uh, there's a reason why John has, um, has included this here. And so Jesus, he, uh, he sees a great crowd and he says, well, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? And I always think, you know, did Jesus have a sense of humour? Well, I mean, can you imagine 5,000 people um, coming and, and, you know, being around and uh, him just saying eh, to Philip, you know, where should we buy bread for all of these people? I mean, it's a, um, you must have thought, you are joking. <laughs> 
Um, but it, it said it was to test him. It's to test whether Philip really believed. You know, was he actually believing and trusting that Jesus could provide and could sort, sort this situation out? Well, Philip, unfortunately, he doesn't pass this, this particular test. He says that it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. So Philip doesn't pass this particular test. Um, but it made me think, you know, would we pass that test uh, if we were in that same situation? And we saw 5,000 people and um, Jesus said to us, you know, where are you going to get all the money to, to, to feed these people? And um, I think we would, well, for me, certainly, I think my first thought would be, well, I don't have enough money or can't get to the shops enough or, or whatever. You know, my, my first instinct would be to go to the human physical things rather than rather than to the um, to Jesus and look to him to sort things out so um, another one of his disciples uh, Andrew Simon Peter's brother says he is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish but how far will they go among so many and uh, I think here it's it's a little um, you know by contrast the the lack of faith of the disciples is contrasted with a small boy who, um, I mean, I don't know quite how it happened, it's, we're not told, but you know, perhaps the boy came up and said, oh, you know, I've, maybe he overheard them talking and he said, well, look, I've got, you know, five small barley loaves and two fish. Um, and, uh, and they probably laughed at him and thought, well, come on, how far is that going to go? There are 5,000 people here. But the boy had enough faith to, to offer that. And so Jesus said, well, look, make the people sit down. And, uh, and, and that's where we're told there are about 5,000 there. He, he took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them. And, um, and then he did the same with the fish. And it says as much as they wanted. Now, think about, um, think about the words that they used here. Um, you know, he, he took, took the loaves... He gave thanks and then he distributed it to them. Now those words we are quite familiar to us from elsewhere, aren't they? And in Wednesday worshippers we'd often have the communion service here in normal times. Unfortunately these aren't normal times but that's, that's normally what we would do. And so, um, and so this, is, this is what Jesus did and I think it's meant to, to help us to think about, uh, about communion. It's meant to raise that image in our minds because that's, uh, in a sense, that's like what the, the Passover is for us. Um, and so the, all the people that had enough to eat and he said, gather everything left over and let nothing be wasted. So uh, in the original Passover, God had said to each, uh, each household, uh, take a lamb for your household. He said that, um, you know, it's just, it's just to be enough and anything that you do not eat is to be, to be burnt. You know, don't, don't save it, but it's just meant to represent, you know, one lamb is enough for you and, uh, and for all the people. Um, and so um, there was to be nothing left over. And so they, they did and they gather 12 baskets uh, with, the, with the bread, with the five barley loaves left over by those who are eaten. So the bread fills 12 baskets full. And 12, 
There's a number that we recognise, don't we? There's a number. There's 12, 12 tribes of Israel. There's 12 disciples. What is, what is God trying to say here? And this number, I believe, is um, meant to say something to us, which is that God is gathering a new people in the same way that the, the, the 12 tribes of Israel got brought out of, of slavery in Egypt. So God is forming a new people and it's through Jesus. And uh, when the people had seen the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come. But Jesus knew that they intended to come and make him king by force, so he, he withdrew. And so the, um, the people, they were right in a sense, weren't they, that they understood that Jesus is the prophet who is to come. But Jesus knew that his, his role was not to be the king. Jesus knew that that was not the, the right thing for him. Uh, for, for him. The people shouldn't have, uh, have done that. So, um, so Jesus escapes. So they get some things right and some things wrong. But Jesus, he knew that he had a mission and he had to accomplish that in order to fulfil um, the things that we've been, we've been talking about. So let's uh, draw a few threads together as we come to, to the end of this, uh, of this passage. God is building his people. You think about um, what happened to the ancient Israelites coming out of Egypt and coming into the promised land, uh, the Passover and all of that, that's, that's like a picture of what Jesus does. And that is a, um, you know, it's like saying escape from Egypt is slavery to sin. God brings us out of that through the blood of the Lamb, through the blood of Jesus, and brings us into uh, the promised land. And, it, and it's through Jesus, the Passover Lamb, so God accomplishes in us all of these things through Jesus. But it's not just a, a sort of spiritual thing. It's not just salvation. It's not just a forgiveness of sins. But it is a, a physical thing as well. And that uh, Jesus does uh, provide for our physical needs as well as spiritual. I was thinking a little bit of um, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So God does provide for our physical needs as well as our spiritual ones. And um, you know, think of what Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, and I think this is the question that I'd just like to, to finish with, which is that do we see both our spiritual need and our physical need. Because I think a lot of people see their physical need very clearly and we focus on that, but we ignore the spiritual need bit. But actually Jesus, he is the one who's capable of providing for our, for our physical need. And perhaps what we need to do is to, to look instead more to our spiritual need, come to Jesus for, for forgiveness and for the transforming power by the Holy Spirit and then our physical needs will follow. And Jesus can provide, he can provide for our spiritual needs, he can provide for our physical needs but the most important of those is the spiritual and that's what we need to, uh, to look to him for. Well let's take a moment to pray as uh, 
as we close and ask God to help us. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to to see our spiritual need as well as our physical and to see how important it is to come to Jesus and to receive forgiveness and transformation uh, through Christ. We pray that you would uh, help us to trust you in every way, both spiritual and physical, and walk with you this day and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.